All right, we are recording. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the L Rambles podcast. It is your host, L, here with my amazing co host, Jules. And I was thinking that we are, I don't know, we're probably only 10 minutes, uh, 10 minutes, <laughs> 10 episodes into the podcast, and we don't have an intro yet. Oh, that is something I think we need to work on. We gotta, we gotta get it, get it going here. Get some music, get some fun, something to really just entice you guys to continue listening to us. Get you into the the mood to listen to our voices for a little yeah. bit. Well, yeah. so so you guys listening have been following the podcast. Pro- some of you since I started it. Like two years ago, I started and it was very low key. And then pod- everybody started podcasting. And I was like, oh my God, I got to get back on to this. And I need a co-host because I can't just talk to myself. You guys don't want to just hear me talk to myself. So I get to talk to my very intelligent and wise and experienced co-host here just to keep things interesting. So anyway, you know, it, it I don't know how long it's going to be called the L Rambles podcast. I think that it's going to make its its transition and and a debut into, into a <laughs> Coach <game>. Joel's button. <laughs> no, it's you guys don't even know what's coming, and Joel's kind of knows what's coming, but this is all just this just kind of blurted out when we started the podcast. So she she's in for a treat, and you guys are in for a treat as we transition into just a different a different name, a different uh, uh, you know just just a different name. That's not really nothing else is really going to change. We're still going to chat with you guys. Yeah, well, that's the beauty of owning your own business. You can just and you know having your own medias. You can be like, ooh, let's do this, let's do that. So speaking of new things, I do want to just tell you guys that we have a brand new website. So not only is this podcast super fun that we've been playing around with and learning ourselves, we have designed a brand new website and it's still www.bestfitbody.com. But we just have a little bit more of our personalities in there uh, and we're able to kind of edit it and add blog posts and fun stuff for the consumer of information. It's it's a lot more fluid, a lot more interactive, uh, and it will evolve more uh, because we are uh, expanding, but also integrating some new exciting things as Elle made a little reference to for some of the things that are coming down the pike. But we know that uh, we are. Uh, we needed to switch up our website to. Yeah, so to not to toot my out. own horn or anything, but I was like, yeah, you did a gonna, pretty. I'm good just gonna take charge, and I'm gonna design the whole new website because that's how we got started. That's how our business got started. Was a little dinky website, which was just I got to play with. I think uh, what was it? WordPress I used, and I just played around and like made a website, and it was awesome. So, so anyway, if you do check it out. Send, uh, you know, send us a little message and, and let us know what types of blog posts you want to see. I do believe the first thing that we're going to do is slash this is what I'm going to do. So when this podcast goes up, there will be a blog post that coincides with this uh, episode. So not only will you have a uh, an audio version of the topic, uh, which you guys don't even know what the topic is yet. Sorry. Uh, the, an audio version of the topic and a blog post that goes along with it with written word. Um, So that's pretty much it. 
about the intro. Let's get into the meat of the the topic. Topic. Yeah. So the topic of the day is intuitive eating and how kind of how I got started. We're gonna touch on some general discussion about intuitive eating, but I've had a lot of people ask me all sorts of questions about how I have come from a macro tracking competition background uh, with a a very strong interest in um, bodybuilding and just making manipulations to my physique into an intuitive approach, which means stepping away from the macro tracking. Uh, So there are a lot of different parts of this, but I wanted to wait until I had been doing it for a while to even discuss it. I didn't want it to be like, hey guys, I'm intuitive eating now. And it's been like four days. And then, you know, my mindset changes or I find that I'm unsuccessful with it. So now that it's April, it is April 3rd today. It is. April 3rd. Snowed yesterday here. That was awesome. (laughs) Uh, And I've been intuitively eating for 12 weeks now. Nope. Is that math? Yes. 12 weeks, three months. Um, And so I felt like after 12 weeks of doing it, I'm proud of myself. (laughs) You know, I'm like, I, I feel like I do have, I've had enough experience and I've been through ups and downs with it so far that I felt ready to talk about it. I think that's, yeah, timing wise, you just had to wait till you had more context to make reference to because in, you know, 12 weeks, life happens. Yeah, I was featuring, oh, by the way, this, we we also have a a second (laughs) co-host, Quinn, the snoring dog. The snoring dog. She, so if you feel like your, your house is vibrating or your car is shaking, it's Quinn snoring. So don't worry. It's just, she's, she has to make her presence known on every podcast. <laughs> she adds character. So don't worry. I do have, I do have a Wally behind me that I didn't put away this time. So he's sleeping now, who knows? He can start barking. And I'm doing everything possible to quiet her down. But yeah, just a little, she's, she's probably like nudging her with her foot and Quinn's probably like, Ooh, a belly rub. This is great. Yeah, <laughs> so, but that's okay. It's yeah. Part of who we are, you know. Yeah. And that's you what I like. listen to that. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are here for it. I know you are. Um, so, so yeah. So I don't know, um, it, Jules. Let's jump in. Let's jump in. Yeah, and I think you know when Al came, uh, you know, we always sort of brainstormed different topics, and we we uh, collaborated on this topic to bring to you today, and um, wanted to talk about intuitive eating. Um, you know, there's many different ways that we thought we could sort of approach this, but one of the driving um, components to having us talk about it now was because a lot of people were interested in Al's experience and transformation from, um, or transition, not transformation, transition from, as she explained, the much more controlled macro tracking to the concept of intuitive eating. So I we both thought that it would be good to sort of open, openly talk about this from mostly her perspective and my perspective as, uh, as a health and fitness coach, um, in, as a, you know, as a retired dietitian, as also somebody who has experienced a, quite a long life of a combination of, you know, uh, manipulating macros and, and intuitive eating to talk a little bit about it because 
this phraseology of intuitive eating might have different meanings for different people. So I'm going to throw this question at Ellen, give her the opportunity to share with you her thoughts about what intuitive eating means to her. And you'll see why we're going to you know, kind of bring this through this process with you listening. Yeah. So share, Elle, go ahead. Yeah. So in. intuitive eating to me, it's funny because it kind of depends on what background you're coming from. So if you're just an average person who eats breakfast, maybe skips breakfast, I don't know, you eat during the day and you eat at night, intuitive eating doesn't really make sense to you. If you come from a bodybuilding background or a macro tracking background, intuitive eating means a little bit more of listening to your body, listening to it when it tells you to eat and stopping when you're full. So the the biggest difficulty for people that come from maybe a bodybuilding background or a macro tracking background is that oftentimes you've been controlled by numbers and com- confined by these numbers. So it's a little bit harder to be intuitive because you've kind of lost touch with eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full because you don't stop when you're full, you stop when you've hit your macros or you stop when uh, you know, you've know you finished your food. So you don't reach for any more. And so stepping out of, so, so the intuitive eating is not necessarily just eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. To me, it's more of allowing myself to maybe eat a little bit more if I still have uh, true hunger cues versus eating just to eat, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I, that's a very valid point. There are people who are living their life all the time, and if you explain to them what that concept of eat, intuitive eating, they may just look at you and say, well, that's what I do all the time. Yeah, I just eat. <laughs> I think that the terminology, and I'm glad you brought this up, of intuitive eating really is when somebody has been um, manipulating their their food intake for a particular reason, whatever the reason is. And I'm not going to say it's only for weight loss or only for muscle gain or only for physique or it's just for um, specific goals. Right. Whereas yeah. intuitive eating is clearly based on listening to your body cues. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the problem. Is that what you would say? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I'd say that the that when we get into, you know, when and and why and who should intuitively eat, it's a little bit more of you have to again identify where you're coming from because it may not be appropriate for certain people. I absolutely um, agree on that, and I have to say, you know, if you were going to ask what my definition of intuitive eating it is the same it is listening to those body cues the majority of people have lost their focus about body cue um, you know internal body cues because of external things that go around for them so for people who may have never really paid attention to their body cues oh it's 12 o'clock it must be lunchtime I'm going to eat and many of us are conditioned from day one you know we don't have control over our food and take our you know our mom's fed us when we needed it or, and then as we grew older and older, when we 
develop the ability to recognize the hunger more than just crying and we could verbalize it yeah. and maybe take action from it <laughs> that you could, you know, push the chair up to the counter to reach the cookie jar. Um, then things start to get affected by that for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so share a little bit about, I guess your experience that, um, happened recently, I guess, even in this, uh, the, I don't know, you can, I'm going to leave this open for you to talk about whether or not you want to, you know, talk about what, what, um, caused you to start the intuitive eating as well as, you know, what was your initial experience with it? Yeah. Let's talk about that. At that from Yeah. That. Yeah. I'll probably just, so I'll go, I won't go back too far, but I will say that, so it's 2018 now it's April, pretty much all of 2017 I spent in a deficit or in maintenance via tracking macros in order to compete in a physique competition. I competed in several competitions in 2017. And so by the end of 2017, it was November. I honestly, although I had been dieting all year and tracking macros, I didn't feel the intense uh, kind of burnt out feeling of tracking macros. And so when I did, I, I just felt really good. Like I felt like I had a good relationship with food. I didn't feel overly deprived. Um, I just felt like, you know what? I've been pretty good at this for a long time. I've been tracking macros for a very long time. I am guessing how much, you know, how, how much rice that is. And I've been, you know, guessing these and I'm spot on all the time. I'm like, I have to take my my the tools that I have learned and, and everything that I've learned about nutrition and about macros and portion control and try to apply that to me without mm, the security blanket of of my fitness pal. And so for me, it was more of like, I need to trust myself and I need to just not feel as if the only way that I could be successful would be but to continue tracking macros. If that makes, does that, yeah. That and I think asking, that, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I, I, yeah. So, I mean, so for, for me, I kind of felt that this transition was like a long time coming. So I needed to just experiment because I, I tell people and I work with ladies every single day and there's a lot of ladies that are like, I'm ready to give up macros and I help them do it. And I'm like, so why do I feel confined by macro tracking? And I will say that because I was, I was pretty comfortable and happy in my current physique, I was okay with maintaining and experimenting. And so I wasn't, I was, I was giving myself the freedom to explore and kind of investigate how I was going to end up going about this, but I was okay with what the quote unquote consequences were. Yeah. And I think that's um, a good perspective that I, you know, I'm, I'm going to just sort of add on to this a little bit because that was your, your experience. And I'm just sort of expanded on to maybe some of our listeners are nodding their heads or, you know, maybe thinking, well, how, how is this relevant to me? And I think that's always good when you're listening to things like this, especially topics we talk about, how is this relevant to you? And I, there are times where, 
and we say this all the time to the people we work with, is that macro tracking can be a tool. It is a tool. It is, even can be. But it is a tool. Just, you know, you're going to go ahead and eat, and it's just giving you direction on eating. Um, and it is interpretations of things using the metrics of what nutritional contents of food are. It sometimes takes out of it any of those emotional decisions, whereas an intuitive eating, you, this is something that, is very important that you are in a generally in a good place with how you feel and that maybe you don't have something that is driving the goal really hard that the nutrition you know you have some wiggle room because in intuitive eating i do think it is more of an experiential thing and and, and an experimental thing so being able to say okay yeah i am good at recognizing what portions are because I know that, yes, I'm going to eat this, but you know what, if you just went and filled yourself on, up on something that may not be as quite as nutritious, nutritious, then the balance might be off. And there are some people who go ahead and say, well, I am going to pay attention to my, my desires, my full feeling, but may not necessarily be making um, the most helpful choices. So it, it is, I think that's something that Elle had the experience of balancing her macros during the you know the year years past years. <laughs> of, yeah of knowing yeah. what nutritious food choices are and knowing what reasonable portions are pertinent to her feeling good and so being able to then move from actually physically writing it down versus going you know oh i'm just going to put that portion of mashed potatoes on my plate and, and look at it and say, yeah, that's probably about what's going to make me feel pretty good, um, is an important factor so that it wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to eat mashed potatoes until I'm no longer full. Um, so if, hopefully that makes sense that it is yeah. sort of that being in a, a good place and also having some understanding of what um, nutri nutrient dense foods are. Yeah. yeah, that's a huge factor yeah. of it is that I, if someone, if someone comes to me or comes to us and they say, listen, I really want to intuitively eat. And we say, okay, so what are, you know, what are the tools in the toolbox? What, what is your past like with food? And if they say things like, you know, I struggle, I, I overeat on these things because I don't like vegetables and it's like, and you know, maybe I don't eat enough protein and and all of these things that we know that if they were a little bit more mindful of their specific food intake, then maybe intuitive eating would be better. But I will say that if you struggle to do things like eating, making healthy choices or eating enough protein or getting enough fiber, and that's a, right off the bat, you're like, that's my biggest struggle, then I would say intuitive eating is not the best decision for you just because intuitively i love vegetables i like i call me weird but i love vegetables i love my volume food i do not yeah i have cravings of course every once in a while but i physically crave healthy food that is going to make my digestion amazing going to make me feel like i can be strong in the gym i can be fast when i want to be i'm mobile and i'm just feeling good and i have good energy that's number 1 to me and so that's where like my priorities lie when it comes to making food choices of course i make food choices that are delicious but that's not the driving force of the things that I eat every day because you have to eat every single day. 
You have and, to. And several times a day. Yeah. And so, you have to make a decision every single time that you eat, whether you're going to eat, you know, something that's full of nutrients or something that's going to feed your soul because you like it like chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, that's right. And I do think that it's almost as if I feel like intuitive eating should be like the advanced nutrition course versus yeah. the basics so that at least you're given, or at least you have some um, experience maybe, you know, and I think a lot of times your food choices, you know, if there is somebody who says, you know, I really struggle with sugar cravings and I find once I start with eating sugar that I, you know, I can't stop, can't stop. then, you know, you're going to have to make some you know, choices obviously there. So that's why I say, you know, I know obviously, you know, L grew up in my household and, and yeah, you this know. is my mom for anybody new. <laughs> My so having is my mom. <laughs> so having you know, always making sure that we had the balance of the the nutrient dense foods, and you know, I hate to say it, but it's sort of like that old school, which has got a thought of like you know, eat your eat your food before you have dessert. Whereas you know, there's a lot of issues that have been discussed through the years about you know how that has damaged some people because it's like that clean plate club, and then you have to eat your whole meal before you have the sweets. Well, it shouldn't be. It should be some balanced and educated um, approaches for people. But I do want to just um, also interject here a little bit. Whenever we talk about somebody who wants to eat intuitively, no matter what style of eating that you're going to have, and I don't love the word diet, but whatever style of eating, that it, it always should match what your goals are. So, you know, Elle's goals, and correct me if I'm wrong, but her goals post-show were not to be in a caloric deficit, but to support her activities, to help her feel well, to have her continue on her, her journey of, you know, um, embracing her, her physique and loving where she was. And I, I do really important to bring up. Yeah. And so, so, but I, this is really important for you all listening to understand that I didn't jump into intuitive eating immediately post-show. I did a very, very, very careful and structured reverse diet after my show. And so I don't want anybody listening to think that I dieted for a year and then said, oh, you know what? I'm going to intuitively eat. No, <laughs> no, no, yeah. no. I spent, yeah. I spent uh, about eight weeks. Yeah. It was, it was probably eight or nine weeks reverse dieting. Uh, I wasn't perfect on my macros every day, but I did not gain a lot of weight initially. I think yeah. I gained, I think I only gained four pounds um, when I d did my reverse diet. And then I started to um, intuitively eat and I've, I'm, let's see, eight pounds up from my stage weight. So I'm only eight pounds over where I was at my lowest in November. Um, and so that is really important that I didn't just say I'm going to intuitively eat. And the main reason why is because your hunger hormones after dieting, uh, your ability to detect true hunger versus kind of any hormonal irregularity from dieting is not to be trusted. Like Absolutely. if I, if you told me, hey, yeah, go intuitively eat, I probably immediately after the show, maybe that first week or two, probably would have intuitively eaten way more than my body actually needed. Absolutely. Yeah. And I th that's an excellent point that I think whether you are um, coming out of a competition prep or some other, any sort of diet. absolutely any sort of manipulation, you know, and I, I always sort of have to 
tongue in cheek um, when somebody says intuitive eating, because I look at it as really a crux of behavior that you should learn to maintain. Um, it is a great tool once you are where you want to be to, to learn how to maintain that. Um, versus somebody who says, well, I'm still on my journey for weight loss, or I'm still on my journey for this or that. Um, it really, because there is so much room for uh, trial and error in intuitive eating, because you are always going to be evaluating your hunger, because we know, you know, if you go and you spend an afternoon, you know, rock climbing, and you're doing all this stuff, like maybe two or three days later, you're really hungry. And if you're still in sort of that restrictive mentality, that hunger may be prolonged, or you might go overboard on the other end. So it, it learning the hunger cues is huge. And, you know, um, that's something that Every day, wouldn't you say, Al, I mean, how, how would you, that's a good question. I'm just going to throw it out. It yeah. isn't even on our, our topics to talk Ask about. Ask me. Um, you know, how do you identify for you um, hunger and satiety? Because I think that's an important question to toss to people. Because I know how I talk to people about it, but I think it would be good to, to have you talk about it a little. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of funny because since I decided to step away from the macro tracking I started to think a lot less about food. And so I pretty much stuck with my normal schedule. I pretty much, if I wake up and I'm hungry and I'm ready to eat, I'll eat. If I'm not so hungry, I will have a coffee, maybe, you know, do a couple emails and then I'll eat. Um, and then sometimes I'm eating and I'm, I'm like still hungry, but I finished my food. I take a step away. I clean the dishes. I do the dishes, whatever. I, you know, tidy up the kitchen. And then if I'm still truly hungry, I will have another something small. And so I'm always, I'm first of all, trying not to think about food all the time. Um, but I'm also, if I'm hungry, I'm going to be like, hmm, am I hungry? Should I have something? And I make a educated decision whether I'm going to have a small meal, whether I'm going to have a small snack. Um, but I don't just reach for food. If that if that is kind of explaining what you you were asking, but I don't just yeah. reach and just like munch all day yeah. um, because truthfully, like food is amazing and it's pretty much around us all the time. So we have to make decisions when it's time to eat or if it's just eating because there's food there and you can. And that's, and I think that's an excellent um, way to explain it because I do think that when you're learning the hunger cues, I know I use sort of a hunger gradient with people so that they can mm. learn how to um, step back and evaluate what hunger is. Uh, and so what's the gradient I want to know about? Well, so it, yeah, I mean, so it's a numeric scale yeah. and, and each of the, um, the numbers is sort of an elevation of what, you know, 10 is like wildly hungry. And one is, you know, you've just had a meal and you're completely content. Well, actually five is the, the content. And then one is really like you're overstuffed because there yeah. are, you know, you have to be in tune with the, um, that overfull feeling because that is an aspect of hunger. It's, you know, full, but it is a gradient of hunger. And I think a lot of times people forget that. And what does it even feel like to be satisfied yeah. so that you don't think about hunger? And I, I do think that the, the mind occupation of food, you know, when you are planning your meals, whether it is macro tracking or just, you know, 
cooking or planning your meals for the day, if you're going to take your food with you, um, or even preparing just for, you know, life. I do think that all those cues and things often send signals to ourselves whether we or not we're going to be hungry. And this is also something different. And you have to look separately at what some of your food behaviors are, because there is, uh, there's a lot of things that will interfere with the intuitive eating. We're talking strictly about eating to your hunger cues, but there are people who do behavioral things, you know, the number of people that will, you know, take a bite here, lick there, um, mm. nibble, um, that when they step back, they're going, wow, I, I, I was not even aware of, or I was aware of it, but I dismissed it. So again, that's clearly a part of the whole perspective of, of hunger. I have a question for you then. So if you are working with somebody say, and just so you guys know, Jules is not only my mom, my business partner, but she's also my coach. So she, so just so you guys are getting this as a perspective of this is basically my coach and I talking about my journey of intuitive eating. So I, I want, cause that's a kind of cool perspective to see on the inside, what a coach thinks about a client and how a coach would, would guide a client. Um, but so for me, would you say that you want me at a five? Like, is that what the goal to strive for is to always be at a five? No, or no, no there- absolutely not. Yeah. No. Um, just because that's an impo- that's an impossibility. Number one, I would never have any expectation that you as a, a human being. Okay. So there are going to be times in the day where you are going to be a five. There are going to be times where you are a one and there's going to be times where you're a 10. So what those levels are going to be determined by one, you know, what are we trying to accomplish with this intuitive eating? And two, even from the sort of these micro levels of what does your day look like and how to manage the intuitive eating because you got to manage it. It's literally, yeah, I feel not like it's really it important to even, yeah. I feel like it's important to have to be able to get to each one of those levels all the time and then not all the time, but you know, up and down and, and, experience those levels so then you know how to what to do next so like if you've if you are at what was 10 hunger extreme hunger yeah 10 is extreme hunger like so like you're gonna pass out if you right so say i'm a say i'm a nine and it's like okay so this is me intuitively eating i'm a nine i'm you know out doing errands and i am like not gonna be home for a while i didn't bring any food out with me um that's where you have to say, okay, you have to assess the situation. You have to take yourself away from that. Oh my God, I'm so hungry. I will eat my arm or like you're digging in your purse and you're like, I wonder how old this thing is. Yeah, find that protein bars. So then, between the yeah, no, I've had arm. protein bars that I've eaten that are like, have been squished and sat on and like melted and then reformed. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, but so let me, so, let me just interject some, okay, you finished off. So, then I'm so that's when I would be like, okay, well, what's the smartest thing for me to do right now? And it would be like, okay, I'm driving by Chick-fil-A. I'm driving by Starbucks. I'm driving. So then I'd say, okay, well, what's going to fuel me best now? that I won't one kind of regret later in the terms in in the in the uh definition that it will give me the best energy later and will make me feel better later not like a food guilt thing but more of what is my return on investment for this kind of like caloric um 
exchange that I'm going to be having. So it's like, okay, well then maybe I will stop and I'll get a egg white flatbread because not because I'm afraid of calories, but because what's going to make me feel the best and what's going to give me some energy so that I can make good decisions for the rest of the day. Exactly. And that's where this hunger gradient becomes your tool versus your macro tracker. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, when I'm working with somebody, you know, making this transition to this intuitive eating or learning how to build this new relationship with food. And I don't like to call it a better relationship food, but I call it like a new relationship because I do think we have to look at it. It needs to be so, you know what, that's one thing that I really, like, I love, I love things and people and the world. One thing I don't love is that we have to be so careful about the words that we use because we're going to offend somebody. Well, no, but I think it affects your mindset. So, I do you too. Know, yeah, when, I do too. But and I, think, I think, yeah, when we're talking about this hunger gradient, I just want to go back to the question that you asked because you, you were asking where, where, where it's helpful is that, you know, we want to avoid the extremes because the extremes are the danger zones. You know, the, the 10, the wildly hungry will likely flip you into possibly behavior that being overly full. Mm. So what our goal is in, in through this is there is a degree of planning. Intuitive eating is literally not, and to be successful at it is not eating off the cuff and whatever you want. And then if you're just out and about, but it gives you the ability to say, okay, you know what I am. I, I was a five when I left my house, I've been out for four or five hours doing errands and things. And now I'm hunger creeping up onto a seven or eight and I didn't bring anything. So before I get to a nine or a 10, what are, what's my, in my um, arsenal of education or knowledge or, or decision-making capability. And it, and, and it's the same thing. If you did swing back and you ended up at that one or two where you've overeaten, what's your behavior going to be? Are you Mm. going to be feeling guilty? Are you going to, you know, do any self-sabotage behavior that starts the psychological. So if we start to use those hunger gradients to give you the guideline, and I think more, some people need a lot of guiding with this and some people are very quick at figuring it out. And I do think the better educated you are, and maybe because you spent some time doing the tracking that you become a little more, um, (laughs) <laughs> intuitive <laughs> because yeah. you kind of pay attention to yourself a little bit more because you you kind of know that um but for people who have never experienced that and this goes back to who should who should and shouldn't yeah. yeah i do think you need to spend some time becoming aware and and having a list of activities that you can do to make the best choices yeah and when I, can you push a six off to a seven or when it, when is a six become feeling like it could be a 10 very fast I have been asked a a few times if I'm like anti-macro tracking when I've talked about intuitively eating and I'm like, oh my God, no, like, no, 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 no. And I will say that I attribute the reason why I'm here, the reason why I have a healthy or or sustainable, uh, happy relationship and approach to my eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sustainable approach to my eating is because of all my time spent learning about portion sizes, learning about the foods that fuel me best and learning about, you know, the foods that I that I like and the ones that satisfy my cravings because without any of that experimentation or knowledge or and those tools, you know, the macro tracking is a tool, I wouldn't be here because I wouldn't know anything about protein or portion sizes or, or this and that. And so macro tracking got me here. Like that's, you know, and, and again, intuitive eating, if you don't come from that kind of like self-aware 
eating, uh, I guess we'll call it, because you could be coming from like, um, you know, going off a eating clean type of mentality. Uh, intuitive eating doesn't really mean much. Um, it definitely means that term, at least the way, in the way that we are referring to it, is coming from the background of the macro tracker. Absolutely. And uh, I do think that the, and Al, you did this wonderfully, you know, it was one of those things that when you do it, when you are tracking macros and you decide, okay, you know what, I'm not going to track this meal. And I can learn that, you know what, you'll survive, you know, people get all hung up and they feel that yeah. if they don't document it somehow. <laughs> it's somehow like, oh my gosh, you yeah. know, I've blown it all because I didn't write it down. Well, no. Yeah, I always go back to that, you know, your body will always record. It's true. It's true. That. And it's like, and, and that's why I like to call the mat, the, the food tracker, the security blanket at least in my case it's an accountability. it's an yeah. it is an, and Absolutely. i and i felt like i i it felt safe to me. I felt like, well, I can't go wrong. My physique isn't going to slip out from under me if I'm always tracking. And this this discussion and is not to say that you shouldn't everyone should be intuitively eating. It's like if you love tracking macros, and it works for you and you're, you're hitting your goals, then keep doing it. There will be times in my life that I'm going to track again. Um, I even said right before this podcast, I'm, I was like, you know what? I logged my food for the day. I logged it after I ate it because I was like, you know what? I kind of want to see how much I'm eating for me to even have an idea of how much I eat per day. And, and the, the beauty of this, and this is huge for you guys listening, is that when I started to intuitively eat, I didn't start to eat random things that I didn't typically eat. That's so my, yeah. my intake didn't change wildly from when I was tracking macros. And I think that that is the first thing that if someone is like, I'm done with macros, they start to go out to all these restaurants, they start yeah. to eat all these different foods that they quote unquote couldn't fit and couldn't have. And then they gain a lot of weight and then they're super unhappy. And it's like, okay, well, it wasn't, it's not the, it's it's not the fact that you didn't actually track the foods. It's that the foods that you were choosing were way different than what you were eating before. Therefore, or your portions were way yeah, or portions, of right? If you're not, and, and right. so the beauty of the the um, the macro tracking is that likely you are at least using measuring cups or a scale to. Uh, figure out your portions because that's like you could track stuff, but if you're not tracking the portions that you ate, so it's not really helpful um, right. unless you're just keeping a food log um, or food diary, not necessarily the amount. So that is one of the the uh, big focuses that if that you should have if you are transitioning is that stick to your normal foods. Don't get crazy. Like be creative. Sure, try some foods that you love, but don't start adding in foods that are like six times the amount of calories that the other ones were because you're well, going to be unhappy. Exactly. And that's, I think that's a great point. So if you all of a sudden say, well, okay, you know, I'm not going to track macros and then go and eat something else. It's like, well, you could have eaten that and fit that into your plan if you wanted mm -hmm. to. Now where I think people feel burnt out from it or struggle is yeah. that, that they put these parameters on themselves that if they don't eat 
from, you know, very specific foods and, and they don't learn how to say, okay, I'm going to go out and at to dinner and I'm going to have a meal that maybe I can't track exactly. And, and they get frustrated by that because maybe it's like, oh, you know, I would say then, you know, if you're going out for a meal, you don't know exactly as it is, don't track it. You know, you know, in your yeah. mind, you, and if you do have, you know, a health and fitness goal where you are, are eating for the goal and that is not always restrictive you know so i'm just saying if you're eating for the goal then whether you put it on a piece of paper or you don't it it just comes down to what your level of security is as i'll said yeah. um you know and if you are watching what you're doing the only way that you know is if you record whether you put it in my fitness pal whether you jot it down in a diary whether you make a mental note of it but the bottom line is it, what you your activities that you do and how you go about it really do need to match what your goals are. Otherwise you're going to be discord and you're not going to be happy. Yeah. And, and I, I think, think that's one of, that's the bottom line with, you know, Elle's experience. And I know, you know, I could talk about many other people's experiences that it is, it ends up to be, it has to be in line with it. Yeah. Another thing that somebody asked me last night, because I made a, I made a post about it last night, uh, kind of just, um, because I wanted to just share a little bit more of my experience and I'm trying to see what, what did they say? Oh, somebody asked me if I still weighed and measured things um, because they said that they saw that I had used my scale and I absolutely do still weigh and measure certain things. I mean, I have a very particular oat to water ratio and if I didn't measure my oats, then my oatmeal in the morning would not be how I want it. The recipe wouldn't be right. You know, so, so things like that. So yeah, I measure my oats. Yeah. If I, you know, am having almond butter or peanut butter, you bet I still measure that because how many of you visually see a tablespoon being the size of your head when a tablespoon of peanut butter is not the size of your head. So there's certain things, especially more calorically dense things that I will measure. And sometimes I'll use tablespoons and other times I'll use the scale. Um, but that is not, that is not, uh, me not being intuitive. That's just me being, uh, being smart. aware being of smart. portion yeah. control. Like I, yeah, mean, portion though, control. I think Bottom that line. <laughs> people see this big black and white between macro tracking and intuitive eating. And I think that that's just because of the way that the media makes it. And, you know, you see news stories, you see people talking about it and someone's got something negative to say about uh, macro tracking and then it's too restrictive and it, this and that. And it's like, no, if you have goals and you like your physique a certain way, or you're trying to watch your your weight for your health, whether it's to gain weight or lose weight, whatever the case is, uh, you have to be aware of what you're putting in your body. Yeah. And I do think there's an issue there with the macro tracking is not um, too restrictive. It's maybe that the macros that person is on is too restrictive. Right. And, right. and so I think then if that may need to be reevaluated. And if the macros or the total calories, and, and again, it's just, it basically comes down to energy in, energy out based on what you want your body to do and what you need to function and, and to be, you know, in, in uh, this balance. Um, 
than anything because intuitive eating there are people who are who would intuitively self-restrict right there are a lot of people that do that yeah and and so that there are people who they say they go and um intuitively eat and they under eat and um i'm one of those that i know i i intuitively i'm like no because i'm satisfied with it and i could easily walk away and there are many times i have to say oh you know what i probably should eat more because later on in the day, I know I'm going to uh, suffer, but maybe yeah, I'm I do that a lot too. Yeah. I have so, to be very aware of what, if I'm not eating enough, sometimes I'll be like, so say I sleep late or a little bit and it's like 2 PM and I've only eaten like once or something like that. Uh, I will, I will force myself to eat because I almost am forecasting the fact that even though I may not be that hungry right now, I don't want to get into a mode where I'm a 10 and then I'm overeating. So we did talk about that a little bit. (laughs) What'd you say? Preemptive eating. (laughs) Right. Well, so it's more like, it's more like, you know, you've, you're going on a trip. It's like you're driving, you know, 200 miles someplace and you have half a tank of gas and you're like, Oh, I could fill up now or I could wait until I have no gas. And what happens if I have no gas and there's no gas station? So you're stuck in a traffic. Yeah. So, so there's a, there's a whole lot of things and that just comes down to, you know, you wouldn't stuff yourself. So you're like, (laughs) you're not trying to like, what like store food for later <laughs> you know I'm, I'm thinking of like a squirrel in the winter or something um but so you just have to be very aware of what it is that your you know your day looks like and how you feel now right. um and then a lot of it is like a guess and check type thing like it is try yeah. things and see if it, they it work. absolutely do and there's you know uh, you know one of the things we were going to talk about was like when for the sense of if somebody feels like they're struggling with um, like, what would you do? How would you advise them if they felt like they were going to fail on intuitive eating? Because I, I know what, I, well, I'm going to toss it to you because I know how yeah. I would answer this, but I, I want you to So share. what was the question? Sorry. I just... uh, you know, I guess the question that sometimes um, we hear is, what do you do? You know, what do you do if you overeat or you undereat and, and sort of become a failure at intuitive eating, which I kind of laugh at that. But. Oh, okay. So what happens, like what happens if you slip up or like yeah. you're overeating yeah. or you start undereating or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I get this question a lot. So I, I'll share my experience with intuitively eating in 2016. I had, after a prep, I was not in the same place after this prep that I was um, during my most recent end to competition. That probably didn't make sense. So after after that prep, yeah, in 2016, after that prep, I was really burnt out. Like I was like, I don't want to track another macro. I am so done. So, and I basically, this is my second go around of intuitive eating because I kind of failed at the first one. And, um, so I've learned a lot because I've gone through a trial period where it didn't, I didn't do the right things or I didn't know how to do the right thing. So that's totally common and normal to go through phases where you may feel like you don't have it under control and you have to, you know, take a step back and say, okay, what else do I need to learn? What do I need to change in order to be successful? So uh, the biggest thing that I would recommend to you is that if you are, Slipping up, meaning maybe you're overeating. I'll use that as an example. So, you, 
the worst thing that you can do is say, I give up, I'm going to go back to tracking macros. And then you get right back onto a diet or deficit macros. Um, that is the most common thing that I see people do when they are switching to intuitive eating. So say they're in a slight deficit or maintenance and they're, you know, they still have a little bit of body fat to lose. Um, they still have some weight to lose, but they're finding themselves really maybe in like a little bit of a binging cycle or maybe they just are sick of, of tracking macros. So they go to the intuitive eating, they're good for a couple days and then the weekend comes around and they overeat and they feel bad about it. And then during the week they're fine again and it keeps happening. Um, then they decide, oh no, I've gained weight. I need to go back to tracking macros because tracking macros is the only way that I will, I will be able to control my intake. So my suggestion is not to give up uh, and really just say, you know what, I can do this. I'm going to try again. So it really is just about trying again and not, not giving up and not resorting back to the behavior that you initially were trying to get away from um, because the only way that you're going to get there is if you start to learn and you experiment and you really begin to trust yourself. Yeah, I'm going to add a little caveat to that. I think that it, it that the biggest thing is that if you think that stepping away from tracking macros is the lifestyle that you want to have and you really want it sort of boxed yeah. up and put it away, then you choose to do that. But I also think that there's nothing wrong with using a kind of a mix between the two. No, not at all. No. Yeah. And I think, you know, I know Al just made a little reference to that, but I do think that sometimes no, knowing that you have to somehow measure or, or formally, um, account for to be accountable to yourself for it can steer you back because if you lose perspective which I do think sometimes happens to people who decide to go ahead and do some intuitive eating is you have to do a check on your behavior oh yeah um, you know you have to do a check on are you snacking are you eating appropriately to your your hunger cues or are you eating for all those other reasons which it, you really need to be able to with intuitive eating remove a lot of the emotional part, which is the biggest issue with emotion, with intuitive eating. So if you're one who- The biggest really, thing with eating in general. In general. We touch well, saying, is right, but if yeah. you're struggling with that, then intuitive eating sometimes needs to be in partnership with um, the tracking. And so when you sit there and go, you know, especially uh, we see this a lot of people with, um, you know, busy, busy days, they're, you know, final day, they work out, they get home, they're very hungry. Maybe, you know, it's quiet, maybe stress happens at night, you start thinking about the job you hate or whatever. And then the snacking, the nibbling or whatever can start. And the emotional eating can come in when you're tired and things like that. So that's when you need to be able to step aside and say, okay, I, I can really see that I'm, my hunger cues are skewed here. They're being affected. And I think if you're going to go ahead, you have to be honest with yourself about why you're eating. And intuitive eating really should come down to the physiological need. And um, that's really hard. It's <laughs> hard. Know? Yeah, but it is hard, it's especially really hard. in the culture that we live in, uh, at least in the United States where there's, yeah. you know, there's food, um, readily available wherever you go like you're going into like a radio shack and like you're buying batteries but there's candy bars like it's just weird I know like, like you <laughs> you know that was just a random example I'm not even sure if they sell candy bars but like there's a lot of it's just everywhere and it's just re readily available and you know there's marketing and there's I don't know just there's food everywhere and so we just have to be 
we have to separate ourselves from from food being the center of our universe. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that one of the biggest reasons why people will intuitively eat, at least from what people have communicated to me, is that people are just sick of thinking about it all day. Like people yeah, step away. You don't need to think about it. Don't wanna, yeah, you just don't want to think about food all day. And, and I will say that if you do have very specific goals, like I have had with any of my physique goals, and I will tell you, I'm obsessed with physique manipulation. Hello, that's why I'm a competitor. And that's why I help other women achieve the same thing that I've achieved and then even greater and then even just in their everyday lives because we want to manipulate our physique. And how cool is it that nutrition and, you know, nutrition and training and all of the other factors, including sleep, rest, recovery, those are all factors in physique manipulation. So for me, like I love it and I think it's I think it's so cool but if you are okay with not having full control over that manipulation then intuitive eating because you just need more space in your brain for other things is a great option and that's one of the main things one of the so maybe the top 3 reasons why I started to intuitively eat was because I had a lot of other things that I wanted to do that required brain power. And I just needed like a little bit of extra room in my brain during the day that, that I was not using to think about food or to spend the time to track my food. That was like one of the main things. Another thing was that I was pretty happy maintaining my physique and I just wanted to, you know, start to learn about my hunger cues. And the third thing was I was competing for a long time and I just kind of wanted a little bit of a break. Um, and there's nothing wrong with whatever your reason is for wanting to intuitively eat as long as your goals, they are in line with your actions. And so if there is a disconnect between what your body's physically asking you to do and what your mind wants to do, you have to find that common ground where you can try to satisfy both with a little compromise in whichever way. So for me, if I wanted to lose a couple pounds, I would have to understand either I would have to intuitively try to decrease my intake. Um, and if I tried to do that intuitively and it wasn't working, then I say, okay, what's the method that will match? Um, and that's always going to be you, what you as the listener and as the, you know, physique manipulator will have to do is you have to find that common ground between what you're willing to do and what you want to do. Um, because that's the only way that you're going to truly be happy and then also see results. So it's compromise, I think. In, in Absolutely. That sense. Absolutely. And it's, you know, again, bottom line, you can't argue with what your body is going to do as a result of the the effect of the activities that you do, whether or not, you know, it's like, you know, you want to go to the gym and you go to the gym and you, you know, your body will start to change or you want your body to start to change, but you're not going to go to the gym. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's got, it's got to find that compromise, my girl. <laughs> and it, and it is, a, it, it is a culmination of everything. And so, as I'll said, you know, it, it puts all those different parameters into it. So the eating component is one aspect. And it, since it is so focused for especially people who do want, and we do know this, you know, your body will respond to, to nutrition um, significantly. And so if, you know, you are a competitor and you have been tracking your macros or eating a meal plan, 
whatever it is that, that is a control of your macros, because if you're eating a meal plan, still controlling it, you just may not be writing it down. And you need a break from that, then, then know that and know that you have to still make wise decisions if you want to continue on um, feeling healthy and feeling strong and being able to, you know, match those activities. I think we're kind of repeating the same yeah, thing. No, just, I would. Yeah, we definitely, definitely are. I think that, um, was there anything else to um, that you wanted to I'm, ask or? I'm just, um, no, I think that for me as, as a coach and as somebody who, you know, I'm, for those of you who, you know, Elle told you I am her mother, but I, you know, I'm, I, I'm no spring chicken. I'm in my, my late fifties, as I say it now, and, you know, have always been aware of my food, being a dietitian, studying nutrition from, you know, when I was 18, 19 years old. So that's a whole lifetime and living um, and working with thousands of men and women with all sorts of health and fitness goals, whether they were competitive athletes or people who just wanted information or people who were very ill, who needed nutrition support, you know, the, the choices we make, the foods that we put into our body, the, nutri the nutrients that we need, it's not always one thing. It changes and it will change through your lifetime, whether or not your goals affect your choices, your nutrition needs change. So it's just being aware of it and, and for you not to feel overwhelmed by it or frustrated by it or all consumed about it because we need to eat. And eating not only is necessary, but it is also pleasurable. And I do think if you start to deprive yourself too much of anything, it becomes um, an obsession. And, and that's what I think I'm hearing a lot from people is, you know, a little while ago, macro dragging was the greatest thing under the sun. And now for many people, it's swung the other way and they're feeling suffocated by it. Mm. Don't feel suffocated by it. Yeah. You know, learn yeah. how to treat it all reasonably. Figure out what, what works best for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so I kind of, I want to end the episode here. I'm, I'm not even sure how long this was. I can't even see how long we've been talking for. Um, but so we hope that you enjoyed this episode. It's probably won't be the only one we talk about intuitive eating on, but give us your feedback. We would love if you left us a five-star review and you left us a uh, uh, a review. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say a yeah. comment because that's a review. I could do a whole talk just on hunger cues, which might be a really good Yeah, one. that would be great. You could do that. And so, uh, so yeah, if you're listening to this and you enjoyed it, you have made it to the end. Congratulations. Yay! Uh, you could screenshot it and upload it to your Instagram story. I love to see the the tags that you guys are listening. So you can tag both myself and Jules on Instagram. And uh, our Instagrams are in, in the uh, show notes of this episode. Um, but, but we love the, the little shout out. And then I, I like to repost you guys and throw you on my story on Instagram. Um, and, uh, we will have some more stuff coming for you guys. We're going to get back to our Tuesday uploads for the entire month of April. So that's on for us. Actually, we, uh, this is Tuesday recording. So we, we may have a new upload date for the month of April, but whatever date this goes up, um, it will be soon, I promise. So uh, we want to say thank you guys for listening and we hope that you enjoyed it. So we will talk to you later. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye.